Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. What happens when children with special care needs age out of paediatric services? A Limerick mum is highlighting the fact that there isn't a pathway to adult care services for children as they grow up. Orla Maher Lawler lives on the North Circular Road. She's highlighting the issue and she is on the line. And a very good morning and a happy new year to you, Orla. Uh, thanks, Joe, for having me on. Same to you. Happy New Year. Um, so tell me first of all about your own experience here with your daughter, Quiva. Okay, so um, is 20 um, now. She's actually um, in second year in uh, TUS um, doing a degree, which is, you know, which is brilliant. Like, um, she, she really does her best, you know, to to kind of, you know, live her best life. But um, I suppose really um, there's major issues within the HSE, the CHI, paediatric services um, within um, Ireland for people like Quiva. Quiva was born with spina bifida and hydrocephalus. Um, she has scoliosis also, um, congenital dislocated hips, uh, club feet, um, neurogenic bowel and bladder, which means they don't work. Um, and um, lots of, you know, quite a lot of other, uh, you know, issues, uh, three brain conditions. Um, so, you know, complex needs, full-time wheelchair user. Um, and, and the one thing I would say is that when people hear that, uh, as you've described it, you know, maybe it kind of goes over their heads a little bit of how much of a struggle that is and how much help is needed. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I suppose really at the end of the day, it's, 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 not, it's not a news story, you know, that um, carers, um, you know, would, would, would be quite focused through, you know, um, different associations and that, you know, um, your, your child is born and they're the you know, the story you thought you were getting is very, very different. You end up living your life in hospital, your child, you know, gets lots of procedures. Um, you have to learn a lot. You have to, you know, inform yourself, um, um, you know, become your own expert, you know, um, in, in, in the various, um, you know, needs of your child, the needs that, you know, you have to learn about yourself as you go. And um, I think it becomes a bit, it's a bit of a shock, I think, um, for people until they're actually in that situation when they realise that the services aren't, aren't actually there. Like, for instance, um, within, you know, paediatric settings, um, the minimum a child should be getting for each of their consultants, whether that's orthopaedics, ophthalmology, urology, um, would be a once-a-year clinical appointment. And that is the minimum. It should really be every six months. Um, but, you know, minimum care needs. And um, in Ireland, kids are getting between two and three years waits for these right. appointments. And was that the case with Quiva? I mean, was it better when she was younger? It was better when she was younger. I, I would have seen it escalate in the last 10 years, really since 2011. I would have seen a huge deterioration, the waiting list getting longer. Um, you know, appointments being repeatedly cancelled and rescheduled six months later, being cancelled again and scheduled again, you know. And this is a historical as well in that um, Spina Vista Clinic in Crumlin was finished up in 2008 and an awful lot of kids like my daughter, about 132 that were identified with the paediatric group that I'm in, um, just fell through the cracks, you know. Um, they... So, Orla, then, just to explain it then, as Quiva gets older, as other children get older and enter their late teenage years and early adulthood, 
there is no pathway then. Is that the point? Yeah. Um, really what happens is um, you, uh, there's no more disciplinary team, let's say, in Crumlin where my daughter would have been principally based. And what happens is you find your child is discharged. Now, you've been in that hospital since your child was born. You've had relationships with consultants. You've had relationships with nurses. They're very much your backup team because you have to, you know, look after your child 24-7. And this backup team are the medical experts that, you know, give you the advice, the help, the, you know, tell you, the, you know, you go into them, you get the procedures, the orthopedic care and so on. And unfortunately already it's it's quite less than it should be but when you age out you're discharged there's no referral pathway there's no transition to adult services we we've been refused by 15 different consultants um since 2019 when my daughter turned 18 and aged out we haven't had an orthopedic consultant for five years this February and we, we're on waiting lists replying to everybody but nobody's taken us on. And does it fall back to the GP and the parents to try it to does. help? It does, yeah. My GP is great but I mean we spend our time doing multiple referrals and never hearing again or hearing two years later that the, the list is full, they won't take her on. You see, really, if you, if you have had all your care for your child, your complex needs child, urology, ophthalmology, neurology, um, neurosurgical, you know, there's, there's an awful lot of operations, procedures, an awful lot of care needs, and all of a sudden, you're discharged into the thin air, into nothing. Right. And, and there's no onus on these adult consultants to take you, take you on. Okay, we're trying to Orla Maher Lawler, and in Quiva's case and in other cases, does it lead then to a deterioration? Totally. Like, Spina Bista um, in particular would be a progressive um, um, disability and degenerative. So, um, the pediatric care setting is very important because a lot of procedures and operations that, you know, help them, you know, have, you know, reach their full potential physically and give them their longest, um, you, you know, opportunities to, to have, you know, the best life possible, the longest life possible. I mean, lack of pediatric care does lead to shortening of, your, of these children's lives. It does lead to a very poor quality of life, a lot of pain. Um, so you can imagine then if you were getting minimal support within the pediatric setting and then you just are discharged into nothing as if, as if this condition has arrested itself when yes. that's happened. And yes. um, it, it becomes very difficult. Like I said, my daughter hasn't seen an orthopedic consultant for five years. So um, in her case, we have a lot of pain. And <clears throat> we have no access other than turning up as an A&E um, with an acute situation, um, which is not how, you know, somebody with her needs should be treated. It should be a case of monitoring. Well, well the point um, is they should never get to A&E, you know, if, if no. you're dealing with it, as you say, through the pathway. Uh, so you um, got in touch with counsellors here in Limerick. What did you ask? I did. So I suppose what I got in touch with them was a little bit differently. It wasn't about the transition pathway at this stage. Um, I think it's very, very important that um, when you're dealing with degenerative diseases that within the paediatric time frame before they reach adulthood, that the difficulties, the procedures, the operations that are required around orthopedics, scoliosis, foot surgeries are done when the child is in the paediatric setting, when they're young, when they have the most benefit. And um, what I'm involved in is a paediatric advocacy group. Um, what we're doing, we've approached the 26 counties um, and um, Sarah Kiley here in Limerick is who I approached 
um, Councillor Sarah Kiley, and we, we've proposed a motion um, in each of the 26 counties. The Limerick did it there in December and uh, passed the motion and that's um, to write to Stephen Donnelly um, with regards to um, basically... Um, we identified 82 children that need urgent medical operations, constant operations that have right. been cancelled. Okay, well, um, uh, let's uh, let's bring in Councillor Sarah Kiley at uh, this point. Uh, we're chatting to Orla Mahar Lawler as well. Uh, good morning to you, Sarah. Um, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Orla. Hi, Sarah. So, uh, what have you been able to do with other councillors, um, and can it have an impact at all? Um, Joe, yeah, um, I think it can because um, I think it's the job of any elected person to listen to the people uh, they represent and that's exactly what I hope to do, obviously, um, when Orla made contact with me in early December. Um, We thought that it was fitting after speaking to Orla that we put down a joint motion which meant that the Fine Gael group, which consists of the current mayor, Daniel Butler, myself, Councillor Maxweeney, Murphy, O'Sullivan and Sheehan, um, came together and decided that this was a very um, worthwhile motion to support and obviously we put down that motion, we got unanimous support and we're hoping to effect change by having the councillor uh, or the council write to Minister Stephen Donnelly to emphasise the real need and Joe, to be quite honest, when, when Orla contacted me and outlined some of the, the, the problems when you don't have the surgical intervention in a timely manner it's it's actually it's it's cruel. It's I couldn't find any other word. Only cruel, not to not to intervene in a timely manner for a child or a young person with spina bifida. Now, Orla and people like her around the country are doing this in a coordinated way, writing yeah. to all the councils asking for the motions to be passed. So that obviously means that multiple councils presumably will end up writing to the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, and you would assume on that basis that if politics moves anything. It, it must at least move this up the minister's agenda, although we accept he's got a fair bit on his plate right now. Yeah, I totally accept that the pandemic is is the first um, the first thing on his list at the moment. However, Orla did outline to me that this goes back pre-pandemic, so it's really not good enough. So if you're looking at something that's an ongoing issue, as Orla has outlined about her daughter, Quiva, they're in the system for a long time, and now Quiva's five years since she's seen an orthopaedic surgeon. It's um, it's not fair. It's, it's very unjust for these young people. Um, 82 children with spina bifida or hydrocephalus and currently requiring urgent orthopaedic invention. So as a group, we think it's um, it's very important. And I have to compliment Orla on the, the campaign, really, writing to all the 26 councils is a really good move because it has to be seen um, as a, a really important uh, motion and that's the way to do it. So, you know, I think it will be prioritised for, for the Minister then. Orla, does it give you some hope? Um, I, I think, um, I suppose... We as parents have had enough for our kids suffering and in some cases um, it's too late for some of our children. Um, like I said, my daughter is aged out. Um, I, it does. I tell you um, that I suppose as much as our frustration and our upset and our, our our worry for our children has, you know, focused us into doing this, um, you know, it is difficult. We have, you know, uh, children with special needs, Mr. Terror, forgive a lot of energy to. Um, I have been really... Very, it has given me a lot of hope um, that the fact we've got so much support, um, Sarah instantly, um, you know, 
sat down, we had a chat and read all the stuff, was like, yeah, this, 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 we have to, you know, do something about this. I suppose for, for a long time, we've been trying to work with CHI uh, group hospitals, the children's hospitals, uh, with, very, with very little success. And uh, I think at this point, we've made a decision as a group of parents, all voluntary, all, all doing this in our own time, to try and do a campaign. This is the second prong of a four-prong campaign um, to try and affect change for our kids because they have run out of time and we can't take any more spine bites around, you know, um, you know that they know, you know, we have to actually affect change. And I think um, we're, we're doing it in a very um, systematic way yeah. and we're getting support doing that, which is brilliant. Okay, and Orla, I think uh, as a, a bonus on the side, was it a scone recipe you got from Councillor Sarah Kiley? Or? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Sarah was great during the pandemic, yeah, when we were all like pulling our hair out, trapped in our houses, particularly in the first lockdown. Uh, I found Sarah on Facebook, she was posting weekly recipes. So her scone recipe is now the favourite one here in the house, it's a weekly one, and we've made a few things out of it, but yeah, it was uh, it was uh, one of the things that kept us going. I think during the pandemic, it was the little things, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I might try it myself at the weekend. Um, no, it's delicious. It's really good. <laughs> uh, but, Councillor Kylie, on one other issue, obviously in your previous life, uh, and you'd have a big interest in the hospitality sector, and mm-hmm. we know the particular difficulties the restrictions are causing uh, for them. And what sort of chat are you hearing back from those businesses in Limerick at the minute? Um, yeah, it's it's very difficult climate at the moment. Um, I didn't go out much over Christmas, Joe, because I'm uh, I have a, a person in the house with a compromised immune system, so we do keep our our contacts a minimum. But um, the eight o'clock closing is 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 a real difficulty for for the hospitality sector. Some businesses have chosen, you know, to to limit their their days of opening. And um, staffing shortages are very um, very difficult to manage as well. The, you know, they're they're just really struggling at the moment. And uh, if I have a message for anyone, really, it's to try and support local businesses in any way you can, even if it's to buy a voucher at the moment to be used down the line when you deem it to be safe. Um, that's yeah. what I'd be saying. Just uh, try and support yeah, local businesses. And I know a lot of businesses, restaurants, for example, have and from the lessons learned during the mm-hmm. pandemic, provide services where you can go online or you yeah. can call them. And even some that weren't before doing uh, takeaway and delivery are doing it now. So it's worth keeping that in mind in the dark days and nights of January. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for that, both of you, Councillor Sarah Kylie and Orla Maher Lawler. So that motion will be going from uh, the uh, council in. Limerick uh, to the Minister for Health Stephen Donnelly and uh, we will keep a close eye on developments. Much more to come on the show. Call Limerick today now on 461995.